0: Um, and you know, a big part of it is going to be highlighting and picking principles that you want to live your life based on. And that's why the funeral example is so imperative to this is because when you think about the four people that are going to talk at your funeral and what you want them to say, or what type of characteristics they saw on you, what type of achievements do you want them to talk about at your funeral, you highlight at the end of your life, these are the things I wanted to achieve. This is how mm. I want my, this is how I want people that were close to me in my lifestyle in my mm. life to view me. You these are the principles I need to live by in order to achieve, to achieve set, that. Uh, Red is a little used life. to the man who has betrayed his soul. Your Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Paradigm. We're hoping you're having a great week, great month, great year. The year's coming towards an end here. Um, and we hope that next year is going to be even better. So this week, uh, the concept and focus that we're gonna talk about is life centers and how they affect life's four support factors. So this is from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People written by Stephen R. Covey. We highly recommend you picked it up. It's been one of the biggest inspirations for us, uh, one of our most liked books. So go ahead and pick that up. Um, we, I guarantee you won't be disappointed. So before we begin, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, hit that little bell till it goes ding. Comment. We want to hear what your favorite part of the episode was. What center are you? um, And so we can all learn and grow together. So follow us on all our social media platforms. All that information will be down in the description below. And David, you go ahead and take us into our first topic.
1: All right, everybody. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We have a question for you. And that question is, how would you like to be remembered at your funeral? Uh, Who is there? Who attends? And what are they saying about you? So the main issue presented in the book, uh, seven habits and habit number two, begin with the end in mind is that people often find themselves achieving victories that are empty successes that have come at the expense of things. They suddenly realize were far more valuable to them. People from every walk of life, doctors, uh, actors, politicians, business, professionals, athletes, and plumbers often struggle to achieve a higher income, more recognition of a certain degree or professional competence only to find that their drive to achieve their goal blinded them to the things that really mattered most and now they're gone. And uh, we're highlighting that example uh, in case there are principles that you would want to live by so that way you can be remembered the way you want to. And the things that people are saying about you at your funeral line up with how you want to be remembered.
0: Right. Yeah, man. Um, So that brings us to a large idea that's brought about in this chapter. Um, And it tells us about centers. So I'm gonna define here what a center is. Uh, Stephen R. defines that as, a center lies at the very uh, center of our circle of influence. Um, Recall to our last CIF, um, these are composed of our most basic paradigms and these are a lens through which we see the world. It is through these centers that we deal with our vision and our values. Uh, Whatever is at the Mm -hmm. center of our lives will be the source of our security guidance, wisdom, and power, which is the life four life support factors that we all basically our centers are around, right? We, we want to feel secure. We want to have some sort of sense of guidance. We're building wisdom through life uh, experiences, and we want to have some sense of power in our lives. Um, so he highlights multiple different types of centers, right? He has the principal center, which is living your life based on a set of principles um, that you have that's, it's, it doesn't move. These are values, beliefs that you have that you make decisions based on. And we also have uh, the alternative centers. I won't get too into, into depth about what those are, but there's things such as pleasure, possessions. Um, they can range. There's a wide range of centers. Wide range of a money, work, spouse. Um, but these all lie within a person's center or circle of concern, the alternative centers. And right. the paradigm, the paradigm centers are going to deal with within your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about our centers. What are yeah, your guys' yeah. centers, and and how have you used this information in your life?
2: Yeah, so I, I could start. Um, we actually, uh, I I do want to mention we read this book um, prior to our book club being formed. Um, obviously, the audience may not know that, but this was one of the first books that we read in our book club, um, and then we have really detailed notes and stuff that we kind of took time and. Um, figured out like where our principles lies. And so we do have notes on um, what our centers were before and where they lie now. And so mine um, previously were money work and uh, self-centered, obviously money oriented, meaning you you hold a high sense of uh, uh, responsibility or high sense of uh, uh, worth around the currency, whatever sense, Um, if, if it's making money, if it's gathering money, if it's accumulating money, you find it. To be important to your life and which I do. And that's why I, uh, I, I collaborated with work because I believe when you work and you're in an act of service, um, you're not just doing yourself a justice, but you are trying to help other people depending on what, uh, you, what line of work you're in or why you're trying to make money for your family or whatever. Um, but I also identify with self because I do find myself to be a very introverted person when I want to be. Um, I sometimes put myself before others. Um, I try to recognize that. I try to become aware of that um, through time and getting older. Um, but I would say that's the least of um, the least amount of centered um, compared to money and work. That was previously. I did make an addition to my centers. Um, I added a friend. Um. What is he? So, friend centered. It's just friend centered. Um, with this book club being formed, and um, a lot of my friends are very close. Um, I don't have like a la- large social group. Um, a lot of my friends are very close to me. Very, uh, I guess, at arm's reach. Um, I don't have a large social group. Um, so, when I do dissect or look for advice or even give my own opinion about something, my friends that are close to me, if they give me their opinion, or they're they're kind of knit criticizing or uh, giving me critiques on my opinion about a specific topic i hold that a very high value it's an impact on my life um, all my friends hold a very high value of their own opinions so that's how i've i found friend uh friend-centered money-centered work self uh work centered and then self-centered um, those i think those are my big uh, i guess centers um that are priority to me um so that's 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 those are gonna be mine all
3: Right. interesting Okay. One thing I want to touch on is that the end goal for the listener and for really anybody with this book is saying that you should be principle centered. We're talking about, we, we all have our principles that we've established and that we try to hold ourselves to that. But if we had to choose an an alternative center, this would be our, our alternative. Mm -hmm. And just a real quick, why it's important to have principles and to be principle centered is that he says in life, things change all the time. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Um, you just never know. So he goes, people can't live with change if there's not a changeless core inside them. So to have a print, have principles is like having a changeless core. Where you're like, if you boil me down and filter me out, what is left that I find valuable and important to me are X, Y, and Z. Right. And as long as you can align yourselves with that at the end of the day, then you can be like, I can hang my I can hang my hat on that and be happy. Um, obviously, we all have flaws and it- things like that, and our alternative center would be what Dev just touched on um for myself if I had to pick an alternative center it would probably be in the past looking back at my notes I think I'd put pleasure center and I think at the time I was transitioning from just two two different phases of my life and I wanted to focus on having fun and making sure like what John does is what John wants you know and a fun time is what I want at the time and I still do obviously but I think now I've kind of more transitioned into possession centered. it breaks down security as your security is based on your reputation, your social status or tangible things you possess. I think I lean more into your reputation. Um, your guidance, you fall on you make decisions based on what will protect increase or better your display of possessions. Wisdom is broken down to as you see the world in terms of comparative economic and social relationships. Mm, maybe. And then your, uh, your power would be your function within the limits of what you can buy or the social prominence you can achieve. So I think that's very, maybe adulthood. I don't know. People were comparing. So that's True. what I chime in on. Nice.
2: You know.
1: Um, for me, I, I think when we first read this book, I had wrote down that I was work centered and. Uh, Probably self-centered. I know for sure that I was work-centered because at the time I was doing a lot of freelance design. There's a lot of security that came from just uh, working so much. Like That was something immediately within my control, and that's what I was doing a lot. Uh, I do think I have switched over a little bit more to the pleasure center currently uh, just because I do feel secure when I'm out and I'm having that, uh, pleasure high. I'm getting, uh, my guidance from, I guess, making decisions on what will give me the most pleasure, right? Like uh, it's, it's been a little bit more of, uh, having fun. uh, When when I did get a sense of comfortability with my, my new job, you know, I have more time off, I have a little bit more money to spend. So I I definitely have noticed within myself that I have switched over to the pleasure center. Um, Yeah. I would say that pleasure
0: center. Um, how about you, Jay? Uh, so for myself, you know, when we first read this book, it was probably about the beginning of 2019, 2020 ish, somewhere in there. Uh, 2020 is when we started reading this.
3: I and think I want to say where it doesn't matter. I think we're still 19, but
0: doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Not been. been late 2019. Yeah. But, uh, when I first wrote this, um, I wrote what I was, my centers, it was a combination of them. And the the author states, more often than not, our centers, our alternative centers are a combination of these centers. And so for myself, when I first wrote down what mine were, it was self, pleasure, possession, money, and work in no order. Um, And as times progressed, it's been about a year and a half now, I would say that my alternative centers are still relatively the same. Um, It hasn't changed much. However, I would say I've been more preferential to self, pleasure, and work. Um, Mm. I get a lot of my identity from being like, okay, I'm a scholar, right? That's a big part of my center is I I put a lot of emphasis on, okay, I'm a scholar, Um, but I've noticed a lot of things for myself is when I feel like things are kind of, mundane. I like to chase pleasure. Um, so for myself, you know, it's always trying to get the best, go and have more and more fun. Uh, right. you know, the way Covey defines it is, uh, the pleasure center person soon becomes bored with each succeeding level of fun and constantly mm-hmm. cries for more and more. Um, the next pleasure has to be bigger and better, more exciting with a bigger and better high. And I could see that inside myself, um, which leads to a feeling of like, wow, life, life should be centered around pleasure, which, you know, it shouldn't be, uh, there's, there's a, you know, he, there's a good quote inside this part, the, the highlighted part of pleasure center that really kind of stuck out to me. I just wanted to mention it, it says too many vacations that last too long, too many movies, too much TV, too much internet too much video game playing or just simply too much undisciplined leisure time in which a person continually takes the course of least resistance leads to a gradually wasted life. And so for myself, there's times when I'm just kind of chasing fun and a lot of that times it's a lot of time and um, it ends up being like wasted time. There's time I could be productive. That's time I could be forming better relationships with the people I love but mm-hmm. instead, I'm thinking about things in a terms of like, how can I make it bigger and better? How am I going to have fun? Mm-hmm. How am I going to make this pleasurable for myself? And so it's good to have these innocent uh, pleasures in moderation that can provide some sense of relaxation uh, for the body and mind. But pleasure offers no deep lasting satisfaction or sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so and I, I, wanted right. to, okay. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you guys, how would you identify these in people, either in yourself or people around you? Are there behaviors, habits, and actions of certain centers that stick out to you guys? Uh
3: definitely for me. Are you gonna say something, else? For me, I mean the one that sticks out to me is people that are church center. They get like a lot of their personality, who they are, like their brand is church. And like I think he even talked from the book like. Uh being centered around gospel is different than being centered around church, you know? Uh and they get a lot of their identity from that. And you you there's people that you know that are like that. You're like, oh, my uncle, my cousin, that person down the street. And uh I think just being able to pick that out from people, you can kind of just know who they are and know who you're talking to, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like even another example um would be like social media. Some people need that validation of attention. Um, yeah. social media is a big vehicle to to gain attention um mm-hmm. and, and that would go into the friend uh centered or even the self-centered uh wanting to do things um, man wider. i think that shit could be its own category you know it really, it really can um but really identifying the behaviors actions um why people do things because people don't have to tell you why they do things you can just look at their actions look at their and it doesn't matter if they tell you, "Oh, I'm posting this because I, I want people to like my photo." Um, that's very low. No one's gonna say that, but some people do that because they need that validation of the crave of, uh, of yeah. feeling important.
1: That's true. For me, um, I can, I think I can identify people who are enemy centered pretty pretty well. By the way, everyone, we we are referencing. There's a there's a chart in the book that covers the. Uh, security, guidance, wisdom, and power, and it's in a grid and he goes through all of the centers. So um, in the enemy centered, I'm reading that, you know, their people's security is volatile and it's based on the movements of their enemy. Um, I know people in my life who feel like they can't do something just because their quote unquote enemy is sort of controlling their life. And in theory, they're putting their enemy at the center of their life. So all their movements sort of depend on them, their security, like everything. Um, and they're very defensive, and the only power that they have is just the anger or the offensiveness that, that comes with that with uh, their enemy trying to belittle. Yeah, there's there's a again, this book
2: has so much detail. Obviously, we can't go through every single detail in this chapter. Just this is one chapter, and we're going through a very small subsection of this uh chapter. But to um kind of continue off what David's saying, um, there are there's a lot of different ways you can um I guess, preference, enemy centered, um, friend centered, church centered, but let's like the enemy centered, uh, Stefan Covey, uh, states that some people that are enemy centered, if they're hard workers or their worth work ethic is through the roof, they will try to outcompete all their coworkers. It's not like the, the, the coworkers are out to get them or they're angry at their coworkers, but they see it as a sense of competition. And there are a lot of people that are just competitive naturally. Yeah. Um, And and so there's so many ways to look at these centers and so many ways you can visually take them and and, and apply them to your life or how you identify yourself. But um, I think it's, it's just great to be aware of where your centers lie.
0: Yeah. I think um, one thing to mention too, is in an enemy centered person, it's that competitive nature. Um, I forget what book it was. It might've been this one that talks about win lose when you're in Mm -hmm. a competitive nature, your conflict style, Becomes win lose. Either somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. And um, that could be really detrimental to relationships, especially in the workplace or at home. Um, If you live that type of lifestyle, and let's say you've lived that your whole life, what happens when that gets removed and you don't have an enemy? Right? Um, So you have to figure out some other way to live. But at the same time, um, for myself, I would say identifying somebody that's pleasure centered or possession centered, um, would be one, one of the ones that I could identify a little bit easier because it's in myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, look for that person that's always chasing the newest funner thing to do. Um, trying to (laughs) go out all the time or, um, isn't happy unless they're going out all the time. (laughs) And I mean, we've all been subjected to this. I think just being right. That's what it is. Like, I was just going to say,
1: um, you know, there's, I could honestly identify times in my life where these have been my center. You know, I think you can kind of have a little bit of of each or maybe from the security guidance or wisdom or power. Maybe there's a multiple variety of where we're getting those senses of the four life support systems, you know? Yeah um
0: so that's interesting you know one thing that i think should be asked is how could knowing this information benefit people
1: yeah like why do people need to know what these centers are where their centers align or where their friends or family centers align
2: yeah i kind of I, I mean i wrote i paraphrased um nothing from the book but i kind of um Took what I could remember from what he talked about, um, and put it in my own context. But so I'm just gonna read word for word what I put. But it gives one clarity on the overall vision in life while maintaining a strong, a strong sense of belief in themselves. Principles are adaptable to all aspects of life. If you never seek to find your mission and build a solid foundation, you'll never, you'll forever be starting from level one. Um, and what I mean by level one is, if it, let's think of family. Um, if you know you have family issues and you're avoiding them, right? You're going out or you're going to work. You're spending time outside your household, not dealing with the issues. How do you ever expect to get to level two if you don't ever address it and find a solid foundation to ever for everybody to step on and then grow from? Um, I think it's forever that forever avoidance allows people to stay in level one in a lot of aspects of life. You can be on level fifty in your workplace, but then be miserable at, with your partner because you don't want to talk about uncomfortable conversations. Um, I think in all aspects of life, you have to have a very strong sense of principles and they don't not necessarily, they don't change. We grow and we, we alter the way our thinking, um, over time. But at the end of the day, our principles are a strong foundation for us to be built and to grow sort of like our, right. latest, like our, our footprint in life. Um, yeah. and if we never, if we never find that, then it's, it's, it's hard to build that.
1: Um, yeah. I think, uh, the benefits that I see too, that we all get to sort of ask ourselves that question, you know, how do we want to be remembered and how, how do we get to our deepest values? We kind of get to examine them with a magnifying glass and we pick apart the scripts that we're living. And then we get to ask ourselves this ladder that we're climbing. No, this is an example from the book guys. What are you climbing up the ladder of, of success only to realize that you're on, you were on the wrong wall the whole time. So I think this allow this information allows us to uh, look at our life from a bird's eye view and pick which wall we're actually going up, and then
3: move the ladder and then go up that one. Yeah, I think it's more like a, just a reflection point. You know, after reading this, you're like, "Am I okay with being remembered as being someone who's money centered?" Reflection point. What's your personal mission statement? I know it talks about it. We can go in real quick. A personal mission statement should be something that you're aiming for, aligned with your your principles, and you kind of want to be that, what you're remembered by, and just being honest with yourself and reflecting on the different centers and being like, hey, I'm money-centered. Am I okay with that? Looking back at my, my roadmap to success and everything, my principles, I should veer back on to aligning myself with principles more, you know? think just like a, a check-in with yourself. Yeah. You can yeah. use it that way.
0: Yeah. Can you guys think of any examples of principle-centered people?
2: I mean, uh, yeah, there's uh, – well, I can't – I wouldn't be able to give, like, fine detail, though. Because um, how, like, how
1: does the author define the characters? Let's, 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 uh, um,
0: when I think of it, I think of – I don't know. Have you guys seen Parks and Rec? Parks and Recreation. Yeah, the two. Yeah. I think of Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson is a, is a principle-centered person, right? Whenever somebody comes to his desk with an idea, he stops and he's like, okay. He knows his principles. He's like, I want as little government involvement as possible. Here's my 10 things that I believe in. Does this align with oh, what yeah. I believe in? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm not doing it. Mm. Right? The man has a strong sense of principles in the show. And he makes all his decisions based on that. Mm. And that, mm. that is a good example of what a principle centered person is. Your principles might not be that. Right. Yeah. But he lives by those principles and makes his decisions based on those. And I thought it would just be important to highlight that. That's kind of what an example would look like. Go check out the show. Um, and <laughs> know, a big part of it is going to be highlighting and picking principles that you want to live your life based on. And that's why the funeral example is so imperative to this is because when you think about the four people that are going to talk at your funeral and what you want them to say or what type of characteristics they saw in you, what type of achievements do you want them to talk about at your funeral, you highlight at the end of your life these are the things I wanted to achieve, this is how mm-hmm. I want my, this is how I want people that were close to me in my lifestyle in my mm-hmm. life to view me, these are the principles I need to live by in order to achieve that. And so I think it's really important to. It's very stoic, right? It's important to look at the end and keep an end in mind. It's like, okay, someday I'm gonna die. Before that happens, what do I want to achieve, and how do I want people that love me to see me?
3: Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's about. Like the last line of my mission statement. So I added it when I got Ace was. Be a good owner of the ace. He has needs. Make sure to give him what he needs. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. If I would die today, people would be like, John was a fucking good owner of the ace, man. You know? Mm -hmm. He loved that dog. And I'm okay with that. That's what I want, you know? And I try to live like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So
3: yeah, yeah I think we could, we
2: did again. This book is an amazing book. Um, I did yeah, no, um, before. I think all of us agree, like we would definitely be down to do this as a book club meeting, go through this whole book again. Um, because I think, I think all of us have found a lot of satisfaction in reading this book. There's so much information um, and so much to talk about too. And, and like David Goggins, when we read that book, um, can't hurt me. I think all of us started running. All of us picked up our workout routine. All of us it had such a huge impact on all of us. Um, And Mm -hmm. we're trying to continue that, and the more books we read to learn about uh, people's experience um, of applicable things that we can apply to our life. um, I think we're just trying to give back through the way we can through YouTube and other
3: social media outlets. So, one thing I just wanted to add is that I think some of the benefits of having a personal mission statement is that um, I wrote mine probably in 2019 when we read this book. It had been at least six months since I've recently reread it because after reading this chapter went back i reread mine and i was very reassured and like happy that um i had stayed pretty much on track with exactly what i wrote the things i wrote then are still things that i want now and it's like checking my map checking my compass and be like i'm still heading in the right direction so no, i think these are yeah. things that when you boil everything down you go this is what's important this is how i want to be remembered and you can always check back a year from now 10 years from now and be like hey you know what i'm still making myself happy i'm still staying on track and even if he's go off the tracks a little bit you, you can, can refer back and be like
1: this is the shit that actually matters to me like all this extra pleasure center going like this is what what i wrote down and i'm i need to re re-evaluate that just account. like
3: we had said it's a good reflection point this habit like hey you know what shouldn't gonna... change right changeless
0: yes sir no. it kind of reminds me of can't hurt me when he was in um delta delta training where he was um forgot to put points on his map where if he hit this point he needed to double back and make sure he get back on track right I forget what he calls us but um it, it is a good place to have that because if you have a mission statement and you this is what how you want to live your life every couple months if you look back to it then you could be like oh okay I've kind of strayed away from this one I need to get back on track in some some way shape or form um I'll have to go back and figure out what um he calls those David Goggins but that that's nice. a great way to Reanalyze if you're on track or not still. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that wraps it up, guys. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for watching, guys. Um, that was another episode of Paradigm's Concepts and Focus. We hope you really enjoyed the episode. Um, like like the video, comment down below. What are your alternative centers if you haven't? Because we all got them. What are some principles you want to live your life by? Maybe we get some like inspiration from that and add that to our personal mission statement. Hell what yeah. is your personal mission statement? What type of life do you want to live and how do you want to be remembered? Drop that down in the comment section down below. Subscribe, that like that. subscribe, like, hit the little bell. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And don't forget, the work you put into being who you are today you equals who you will be tomorrow. To man the the
3: Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a million other people.